Hello and welcome to Accidentally, the IAIABC's podcast to discuss issues and events impacting workers' compensation. This is Jennifer Wolf Horsch, Executive Director of the IAIABC. During Accidentally, I ask thought-provoking questions, raise awareness of emerging issues, and offer insights on workers' compensation. My hope is that this podcast makes you think about workers' compensation in a different way. You can listen or download our podcasts each month at iaiabc.org slash podcast. Today's podcast is bittersweet. I'm joined by Glenn Morton, Administrator of the Nebraska Workers' Compensation Court, who recently announced that he'll be retiring in September of 2016. Glenn has been involved in the IIBC since I started and has served in many capacities. I'm very excited for Glenn to enjoy his retirement, but very sad to be losing his insight and experience. Glenn is both thoughtful and introspective, and I'm pleased that he could join us to talk about workers' compensation today and in the future. Glenn, I ask every guest on Accidentally This, can you share how you fell into workers' compensation? Well, I can say that it was accidental on my part as well, as it is for most, uh, most people, as you said. Uh, I was in the Air Force for four years right after high school. Uh, first on entry-level uh, enlisted positions and later on as a non-commissioned officer in charge of various different repair shops. Uh, after the Air Force, I was an auto mechanic for several years uh, before becoming a service manager in, in an auto repair shop. Uh, those experiences gave me a perspective, I think, from both the employer and employee sides uh, and brought uh, home to me really how important uh, that relationship is in our society. Uh, that interest led me to focus on employment law and employee relations in law school. Uh, and after law school, I worked in employment law for a short time. And then I saw an ad in our uh, Lincoln, Nebraska paper for a legal counsel for the Nebraska Workers' Compensation Court. Uh, that caught my attention, uh, not only in that it involved employer-employee relations, but also medical issues, insurance issues, uh, which had interested me from a policy perspective, and I've always been somewhat of a policy wonk, as many of us in work comp are. Uh, I was lucky enough to get that job, and the rest is really history, as they say. So, Glenn, though, you before you were in the Air Force, you have to share um, what your major was in, in college and how you think that has influenced you uh, throughout your career. Well, my major in college was philosophy and a minor in Asian studies. And how that in- influenced me was uh, I needed to make a living. So I decided to go to law school. <laughs> so, Glenn, you've been involved with the IIBC for many years, and you served as president of the association in 2004 and 2005. And I just wondered if you'd share with us a uh, favorite memory of your time with the organization? Well, I think the, and this is a bit of a plug for the IABC, but I think anyone who has been involved in the IABC uh, for any length of time knows that one of the, the best memories, or the best memories are often generated from the personal relationships and uh, pe- professional and personal relationships and friendships that are developed over time. So, those are uh, 
those are probably my favorite memories. I would go on to say, though, that beyond those relationships, the thing uh, I can think of that I'm most proud of in my time at the IBC is making a connection with Dr. Joachim uh, Breuer, I think, uh, uh, who's Director General of the German Social Accident Insurance and also Vice President of the International Social Security Association and Rehabilitation International. Uh, and I apologize to Joachim if I've, if I've uh, murdered his name, but I've tried for many years to have him tell me exactly how it should be pronounced in German, and he always managed to slither out of that. So uh, if I've murdered your name, uh, doctor, uh, it's because it's your own fault. So. <laughs> Uh, that connection led to much wider involvement of the IABC internationally, and Dr. Breuer now serves on the board of directors of the IABC. So I'm extremely proud of that, and that's a fond memory. Glenn, thanks for sharing that. Your trip was really the first step in reviving an international perspective within the association. The IIBC, as you know, is heavily focused on the United States and, to a smaller extent, the Canadian provinces. However, we live in an increasingly global world, and issues of employment and trade are rapidly evolving. I'm really happy to report that the IIBC is continuing to engage with international accident insurance boards. We have found that while the organization and funding structures may be different across the world, they struggle with the same issues that we here in the U.S. are. Issues including cross-border coverage, changing employment relationships, and return to work. The IABC hopes to continue this work and share perspectives from not just across the United States, but really from around the world. I want to commend you for taking the first step in making the I an important part in the IABC. Glenn, in addition to serving on the IIBC Executive Committee, you also chaired the EDI Council. EDI is a really important program for the association. Could you tell us how you think that EDI furthers the IIBC's mission to advance the efficiency and effectiveness of workers' compensation systems? I think the earlier on, uh, my experience was before EDI became uh, really a thing and before I became involved in it, uh, jurisdictions had many of the same sorts of functions and many of the, well, of course they do, many of the same needs, but they used various different words to describe it and you couldn't really tell in talking from one state to the other what they were really talking about or what that meant, uh, how that would relate to your state or the state or jurisdiction you were in. So I think one of the main things with, with the, that EDI does is standardize the terms. You have to, you have to know, uh, have a standardized term for what you're talking about in order to collect the data in order then for later on to use that data to compare various systems. So... We at the IIBC and in previous podcasts have accidentally have talked about the changing workforce and the changing professionals, the new professionals that are coming into workers' compensation. And so I'd like to ask you to reflect on what advice did you learn at the beginning of your career in workers' compensation and what advice would you share to new professionals entering the industry? Well, I think I'd have to say that 
on my uh, for my part I received very little if any advice <laughs> when I started uh, it was here's the job uh, do the job and fortunately I was uh, lucky enough to have uh, people correct me in a and in a helpful way uh, as I move forward but uh, uh, so that I guess was have to that have to, I'm stumbling around to say that, but I, I don't think there was really a great deal of advice. But I also wasn't involved with the IABC, and to make another plug, uh, <laughs> I think the new people coming in uh, gain a great deal from coming to the IABC and being able to have the hallway conversations with people who've been around for a long while. And I think it's it's important right now because we have a number of large number of of longtime contributors who are close to retirement. And uh, uh, I'm really pleased to see very bright, energetic, young and not so young people coming into the system. Uh, and hopefully they'll be able to continue things on. So I'd just like to ask you to talk about what are the significant changes that you have seen and witnessed in workers' compensation throughout your career? Well, I... Let me step back, if you would, and take a little uh, uh, liberty here to say, rather than work comp, when I first uh, started my professional life, I remember the first professional job I had, I, uh, the staff was all very, very excited uh, because they had this, this new thing called a word processor that was, uh, that was uh, to be used on a thing called a computer, uh, and that was the next big thing from memory typewriters, so... Uh, that was uh, my early, early, earliest member of, of things. That things have changed. Uh, there was certainly nothing like the World Wide Web at the time, and it took me many years to even have a clue as to what that might mean. Uh, and there was nothing related to technology. So uh, the whole world has changed. Uh, has been changed by technology, of course, as we know it now. And of course, that's changed the world of workers' compensation along with it. As a student of workers' compensation, you and, and I and, and pretty much everyone in the industry, um, t when we first come into the, to the industry, talk about the grand bargain. And the grand bargain as, the, as really the foundation of workers' compensation. Do you want to talk to us about where you think the grand bargain is today and um, what you see for the grand bargain in the future? Well, the grand bargain, of course, as those of us who have been involved in work comp for any time know, it was intended to be a balance between the interest of the employers and employees, uh, and etc. I think today, in some states, the balance is still there, it still exists, uh, although I think in most states probably tilted a bit to the business employer side of things. Uh, in other states, uh, I believe that it's tilted so far that it's probably collapsed at this point. And I think there was a uh, ProPublica study uh, not long ago that was, uh, that was in the media uh, that uh, demonstrated that fairly well, I believe. Uh, I think even in those states where the balance does still exist, I think there's, uh, there's been a, a tilting, uh, ongoing tilting toward the employer side, and I... I uh, Unfortunately, expect that probably continue. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future of workers' compensation in the United States? I I think I'd have to say, and that's a very tough question. And I'd have to say that I believe probably I'm pessimistic about the future of workers' compensation system as it exists today. And I'll have to stress that. 
At a practical level, I'm afraid the system simply becomes too complex and unwieldy uh, to continue functioning much longer as it is, or at least for many more decades, because work tends to take a, a, long, a long view. Um, it's been my experience that most statutory schemes start out fairly simple and understandable and workable. However, as they are amended over time in response to the pushes and pulls of various interest groups, they become more and more complex, uh, and as a result, they become less and less workable and more and more expensive to administer and apply. Uh, I think that's been very true in most, most work comp systems in the United States. Uh, workers' compensation is now over 100 years old in the U.S. Over that time, it's generated a large number of interest groups. They're all pushing and pulling to make sure to see that their interests are protected. Uh, I've seen how difficult it is to make any significant changes in workers' compensation laws without one group or the other, or usually multiple groups, uh, opposing it or wanting to change it one way or the other. Uh, and as a result, what gets passed is often either so watered down that it doesn't do what was intended, or it's so complex that it becomes practically unworkable or very expensive to try to figure out, and that leads to lawsuits and, and cost, etc. Uh, on a more substantive level, uh, many of our traditional and fundamental workers' compensation concepts have created lines and divisions necessarily the way the current system is structured, uh, each of which have caused and continue to cause frictions and cost to the system. Uh, the independent contractor-employee distinction is one, is one obvious example. Uh, it's caused problems for decades, and in my opinion, few, if any, states have really successfully addressed that issue. And now we're being faced with new business models, such as Uber and Lyft, and new approaches to employment and contracting among uh, the younger generation. puts even more stress on that distinction, and I quite frankly have no idea uh, how that can be resolved, uh, given our current lines and so on. Um, of course, the basic requirement, basic fundamental aspect of the system is that the injured disease has to be work-related or arising out of in, in the course of employment. That's fundamental, and that's a line that we all deal with and litigate on a regular basis to this day and will continue because of that line between work and non-work. So are those traditional lines and distinctions really necessary or justifiable in the modern world? I'm not so sure. I read uh, in a recent I IABC the pu Perspectives publication in April somewhere that the modern healthcare system in the U.S. really didn't exist when work comp was first implemented. And with that in mind, is it better to try to save the work comp system as it is today, or would it be better to merge it somehow with general health care and eliminate those costly and, and difficult lines? Um, I do understand and agree that uh, work comp systems in, are important in developing countries, as Dr. Breuer noted in his uh, Perspectives article. But is that true in modern Western society today? Uh, again, I'm not so sure. So I'm really obviously somewhat pessimistic from my comments about the future of work comp, the work comp system in the U.S. as it is today, uh, whether there's some continuing role or need for a separate workers' compensation system apart from general health or short-term, long-term disability. I don't know. I think that's for newer generation of leaders, such as yourself, Jen, and, and others in the system today uh, to figure out, and I'm looking forward to sitting back and watching how that works out. What does that mean? What does retirement hold for you? 
Well, I'm really not sure yet, but I I am very much looking forward to having time to figure it out. Uh, I might eventually go back to work part-time if I can find something that interests and excites me and doesn't sound too much like work, but we'll see where it goes. All right, so what's the first book you're going to read in retirement, Glenn? Well, actually, I, I'm an avid reader. That's why I often don't have so much, enough time to do other things at home, but uh, I really I love science fiction, and so uh, there's a number of series of books and so on and so on. So there's not just one. I'm... I'm into electronic books now, so taking taking uh, advantage of that technology. Excellent. Well, Glenn, I want to thank you for sitting down and talking with Accidentally. I want to thank you on behalf of the IIBC and workers' compensation in general for your stewardship of the system over many, many years. Um, I am slightly discouraged that you're pessimistic about the future of workers' compensation but I'm also, um, I also think that we can learn a lot from, from the wisdom and the experience of individuals like yourself. So do you have any other parting words for the listeners of Accidentally and the future, um, the future of workers' compensation professionals? I would say good luck and, and to the newer leadership that I've seen. Uh, that it's so enthusiastic and so capable and so bright. I say good luck, and I and I really do have confidence that you guys will work something out. Well, thank you so much. New professionals can learn a great deal from the experiences and the wisdom of today's leaders. I appreciate you listening to Accidentally and encourage you to listen to previous podcasts at iaiabc.org slash podcast. I look forward to talking with you next month for discussion of interesting and compelling things in workers' compensation. Cheers!